the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damien Collado and Alicia Quivido. Hey guys, good, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. The 5th of December. That yeah. happened fast, oh. right? Second week of Advent <laughs> started yesterday. Lit that second candle. Okay, we got to hold yeah. on to these moments of Advent, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Get ready. Yes. Let's start this morning in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. May our prayer of petition rise before you, we pray, O Lord, that with purity unblemished, we, your servants, may come as we desire to celebrate the great mystery of the incarnation of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Saint Sabas, pray for us. Pray for us. We'll learn more about our saying of the day later on in today's show, but you definitely want to stick around because in about seven minutes, David Dawson Sr., president of Catholic Community Radio, has a huge announcement. Our big reveal, if you've been following us on social media, you've definitely been seeing this. We've been kind of building it up for a few days. Uh, You definitely want to stay tuned because some changes are coming for Catholic Community Radio. So stay with us. Dave will talk about it some more. In 18 minutes, Lonnie Thibodeau joins us. He's the Director of Public Relations and Communications for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau, and he's going to update us on what you'll find in this month's issue of the Bayou Catholic Magazine. And in 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He is the co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today, and he's going to be answering the question, what does it mean to be actively engaged in your faith? So great question. Looking forward to having this fun conversation with Alan like we do every Monday. And in 48 minutes, Father Todd Lloyd joins Alicia and Damian in the Baton Rouge studio. He's a pastor of Most Holy, of Most Blessed Sacrament Church in Baton Rouge, and he's going to be talking about his vocation story. So I love hearing vocation stories, and each one is quite unique and interesting, yes. and it's going to be a great time with Father Todd in the studio. Yeah, and we'll get a little bit of his background, too. He's been a priest for a little over 10 years, but we'll find out about his calling and what he's up to. In the meantime, as you take to the streets this morning, you better be careful because you may hit a patch of dense fog. It should be burning off by 9 o'clock this morning, but the fog advisory is in effect for southeast Louisiana as well as southern Mississippi. With that also being said, a slight chance of rain. I say slight because I looked at the radar and there's nothing on it. And it looks pretty good through noon. If a rain shower does pop up, it won't last long. It's a 40% chance, according to the weather uh, folks. But in the meantime, uh, winds are out of the south-southeast at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. And tomorrow, guess what? 
It's going to get even warmer than it is today. Today's high is 75. Tomorrow, 81. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's oh, December. I'm sorry. No. At least they tell I'm us just, it is. I'm, I'm calling it a no on that one. Well, um, <laughs> Get out your shorts again because you'll be wearing them. And the low's only going to be about 66, so the nighttime uh, temps are going to be pretty pleasant to get outdoors and maybe an evening stroll. Uh, temperatures in and around the area. Home of Thibodeau and Baton Rouge, it's 65 degrees. Over in Mandeville, it's 64. Gulfport, 62. And in the Crescent City, right now, it's 66 degrees. Those are your temps. That's your forecast. Take it as you wish. Don't go too far. We have the gospel reflection. I mean, the gospel coming your way. And our own David Dawson is going to share some big news with you as we start our morning and Monday off here on Wake Up. It's Good Monday morning of the second week of Advent. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 5. One day as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was with him for healing. And some men brought on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They were trying to bring him in and set him in his presence, but not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, As for you, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them in reply, What are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your stretcher, and go home. He stood up immediately before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all, and they glorified God. And struck with awe, they said, We have seen incredible things today. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. Our first guest, well, I don't know if he's really a guest. He's the president of Catholic Unity Radio. David Dawson Sr. is on Wake Up This Morning to reveal something pretty big. Hey, Dave. Hey, kind of a family member. I don't know if you want to call me a guest or not. I'm just like, you know, I hang around here and they put up with me. How he's about the that? boss. Yeah. yeah, don't let anybody We let him you. think that every now and again. Watch it. I'm working the cameras, too. I can make you look really Boy. bad. So, okay. <laughs> we do. We got it. We have a, a big announcement. We've been teasing this for a while. So um, just, just to let you all know that uh, we are going to have a name change. And it's not going to be a big deal or anything, it's not gonna, but, but instead of Catholic Community Radio, we're going to be known as Catholic Community Media. And the reason for that is because, you know, we're always going to have terrestrial radio, what, you're listening, what a lot of you folks are listening to right now in your car. You're always going to have that. But right now, and you probably noticed all the different ways that you can catch any, most of your broadcasting. Everybody is uh, reverting to their phones and their... And their um, other other forms Laptops, of electronics, yeah. yeah, yeah, all of that. And so, mm -hmm. anyway, this is the direction we're going in. Uh, we're going into more of a video production as well. We're doing uh, podcasts, Gabby. We got a couple coming up that we're really excited about. Yes. And so, really, we're more media now than we are radio, but we're 
always going to be on the radio. So you'll hear us kind of go back and forth, calling ourselves Catholic Community Radio and Catholic Community Media and, and such. But uh, we see where things are going, and that's, that's really important. More important, we need to reach as many people as we possibly can. And that's why we're doing what we're doing, y'all. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, right. it's exciting. It is. It is, Dave. And let's tell yeah. tell folks how they can get the app, the Catholic Community Radio app. You can download the app for free. Go to the App Store or go to Google Google Play. What is it? Google, Google Play. Play. Yeah, Google yeah. Play. Go to Google Play. I don't have that. I have I have an iPhone. Anyway, and and it's a free download. And y'all, this is a really cool app. Uh, in fact, if you look up in the corner, you got a little musical note there. Hang on, I'm pulling mine up right now as we speak. And in the upper corner, you've got a little a musical note. And when you hit that little musical note, the first thing that pops up is uh, you're going to see Catholic Community Radio Baton Rouge, Catholic Community Radio New Orleans, and then you're going to see Overflow. And if you tap Overflow, mm-hmm. Jeffrey, I don't know if you can mm-hmm. cue that up or not, but we have some beautiful, beautiful Advent music playing 24 hours a day. There it is. There it is. So if you're looking for, for Advent music, uh, we'll be doing that too. So... Um, yeah. And and Gabby, you know, you and I were uh, uh, visiting last week, and we were talking about the podcast that we have coming up. So that is currently in the works. Mm-hmm. We are about to start recording, but we will have two brand new podcasts, and we'll reveal that as the weeks uh, go on. But uh, we're hoping January 2023 to start episode one. And these are people who, who you have heard on Wake Up Before who you probably thought they would make a great show. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you don't have to worry about that anymore, but we are so excited about this. So stay tuned. I definitely want to be talking about this before we head out for Christmas break. Right. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be recording in the next few days for our brand new season for these podcast shows. But also, Dave, our social media will be changing. So you won't be seeing Catholic Community Radio anymore. It will be Catholic Community Media later right. on today. So it, it is still us. <laughs> yes. We're just rebranding. Nothing's, nothing's going to change as far as what you're hearing or what you're seeing right now. It's just that we are, we're doing more. We're, we're, we're going out there on, in, mm-hmm. into the digital world. And that's, that's what we should do, y'all. We have so much going on, especially here in South Louisiana, and we want to share this. Uh, South Louisiana, we are Catholic. We live our Catholic faith. And so this is, this is what we want to share. This is the direction we want to we grow in. Um, again, we have so many activities that are going on all around South Louisiana and Mississippi and even into Alabama that this is stuff that we need to share with each other. And this is why we're here. We want to be a bulletin board, and a lot mm-hmm. of people, I mean, I, I talk, we've talked to a lot of folks who say, yeah, I, ju- I just don't listen to the radio anymore. You know, I, I, I just listen to my phone. Well, we got to get on that phone. Mm-hmm. You know, we've yeah. got to get the word out. Mm-hmm. This, the world needs Catholic radio, okay? I mean, there's, there's mm-hmm. so much out there that's just awful. Uh, that's just garbage. And you're probably tuning in right now for that very reason, uh, that, that you just need some sort of respite, some sort of alternative, something that will lift you up, lift your soul before you go to work, instead of suck the soul right out of you by the time you get to work, you know. <laughs> you don't want to get to work angry, you know. You don't want to get to work sad, you know. And, and look, we're acknowledging what's going on out there. We're not hiding uh, from it, okay. Right. But there's a there's a better way of looking at things, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we do. There's a, there's a, it, it's uh, like I said, we, we don't want to be of the world. You know, we, we, we want to look, we want to look at Christ. We want to look at heaven. And this is what we're going to bring to you 
uh, throughout everything that we do, and especially in these new in these new uh, methods, in these new ways of uh, reaching people. That's so important to us. So now we become media, and just watch out. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep growing, and as as much as we can, just just uh, just keep rocking and rolling here. Well, as they Most say, definitely. the truth is hard to find, mm -hmm. but you can find it here mm -hmm. at Catholic Community That's Radio right. and now Catholic Community Media because we're going to take many avenues mm -hmm. to get the word out. There you go. Truth yeah. with yeah. a capital T. There you go. Amen. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yes. So our new slogan will be, tune your heart to the truth, Catholic Community Media. Tune your heart to the truth. So you'll be seeing that everywhere. But thanks so much, David Dawson Sr. for joining us. <laughs> Lonnie Thibodeau joins us when we come back from the break. It's 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 5th. Today we celebrate Saint Sabas. The name of today's saint isn't likely to sound familiar to those of us born in the West, but Saint Sabas is one of the most highly regarded patriarchs among the monks of Palestine. He's also one of the founders of Eastern monasticism. His story begins in the mid-5th century with an unhappy childhood in which he was abused and finally sought refuge in a monastery. He was drawn to the solitude of monastic life. By the age of 30, he was given permission to live the life of a hermit. He spent five days each week in a remote cave in Jerusalem, later in Jericho, engaging in prayer and manual labor. In time, Sabas attracted up to 150 followers who lived in individual huts grouped around a church. In his early 50s, Sabas finally began studies for the priesthood. He became abbot among a large community of monks, but continued to hear the call to live as a hermit. Over the years, he traveled throughout Palestine, preaching the faith and bringing many back to the church. Sabas died in 532 at the monastery at Mar Saba, which is still in existence. The new Saint of the Day app is available now for your smartphone or tablet. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damien Collado and Alicia Quibido. Our next guest is Lonnie Thibodeau. He is a director of public relations and communications for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. And today he joins us to give us an update of what you'll find in the December issue of the Bayou Catholic Magazine. Hey, Lonnie, good morning. Well, hello, Gabby. How are you, my friend? I am doing well. This is my favorite issue of the year and the happiest one. <laughs> Christmas, Advent, well, Advent, Christmas, and it's filled with so much information. Let's start off with turning to page eight. Father PJ Madden, he always has a wonderful column that we can expect every month. Tell us what he is writing about this issue. Sure, Gabby. And of course, you know, keeping in mind, reminding people that we in the in the diocese of Homa Thibodeau are currently without a bishop because our bishop is now mm -hmm. our, our previous bishop is the Archbishop of Louisville now. So as we still wait for the Holy Father to uh, to let us know who our next bishop is, of course, we have a diocesan administrator who is 
Father P.J. Madden. And so Father P.J. writes, uh, you know, uh, as you said, a, a monthly column. And his column this month on page 8, the magazine, is Come Let Us Walk in the Light of the Lord. And what specifically he's talking about is a couple of different concepts that we usually hear at this time of the year. But he kind of mishmashes them together, kind of, and it makes a lot of sense. You know, First of all, he talks about the consumerism and the secularism that, that certainly over the over the years and decades have crept into this, you know, Advent and Christmas season. But then he also talks mm-hmm. about that you've got to remember that what Advent is, obviously it's a time of anticipation, but very specifically, it's a time of quiet anticipation. You know, we hear the you know, Prince of Peace. Joy in peace. The word peace is thrown around a lot at this time of the year. So he said, remember those two things together. This is time, a time of quiet anticipation. At heart, Advent is a quieting time. So he said, you know, try as hard as you can and do the best you can during this time to, to, to try to, to, to bring that peace, that sense of peace back to your heart and, and to your life and to your family. And that's very, very important. Absolutely. And a perfect thing that I was uh, just thinking about over the break was our overflow radio. It was such a peaceful song and music. I usually do my online shopping, but I decided to be different this year and go into a store and then realize why I do my online shopping, just feeling the anxiety and why I don't like going out. Uh, But in just listening to that music on overflow is such a peaceful and calming presence uh, and realizing what is why we're in this Advent season. What exactly does that mean? So, and of course, getting ready for the Christmas season, right, Lonnie? And that's what we'll find in page 13, Father Willie Todd's column on when is the most appropriate time to take down your Christmas decorations, which is a very sad time. Well, let me tell you, Gabby, you know, this is a big topic. When I saw in the magazine that that (laughs) Father Todd, and Father Willie Todd's one of our retired priests, in the diocese and writes a lot of columns and and you know when I saw the the topic I went oh I got to read this one you know and he makes <laughs> yeah. a very good point and, and the point is is here in South Louisiana especially we're very caught up obviously because of Mardi Gras which follows is that confusion about you know the twelve days of Christmas and and, and the emphasis obviously always has been on January sixth you know the 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 former. It's hard to say this. The former date of the Feast of the Epiphany, of course, we all know it because of Mardi Gras is the 12th night, but, but, but remember, a number of years ago, the Church changed that feast to the Sunday, the, the, or what's usually the following Sunday, past the 6th, um, because of the importance of that feast. So therefore, while Mardi Gras people still like to talk about the 12th night and January 6th, and we tend to think of it as the end of the Christmas season, the beginning of the Mardi Gras season, that's not exactly correct anymore. So here comes the big answer. Drum roll, please. <laughs> this year, or this coming year, the, the official date is actually January 9th. So if anybody wants to say, oh. okay, what is the official correct date that I should remove my Christmas decorations, it would actually be the day that follows the Feast of the Epiphany, which on, on, will be celebrated this year on January the 8th. So day to take down decorations, January 9th. Very interesting article. There's a lot more background in there other than, you know, beyond what I just gave you. But January 9th is that magic date. 
Okay. Well, and we continue the joy, right, with carnival season. So we take down our Christmas decorations, put up the Mardi Gras wreath, and the joy and festivities continue. So uh, that's why I love living in our area. But thank you so much. Okay, well, I'll be marking that date on the calendar and keeping those lights on a little bit longer this year. Uh, or, yeah, in January. So let's turn to page 18. Father Andre Malansaw has a quite an interesting column. Tell us about that. Yeah, my good friend, Father Andre, who's my pastor at St. Bernadette Catholic Church in Homa, went on, uh, did the Camino. A lot of people, I just have to say the word Camino, and a great many people in your listening area are, are familiar with that. And of course, that we're, we're addressing the Camino de Santiago, and you know, it's been going on since, what, the ninth century or whatever, and of course, it's that 500-mile trek that people make um, to the uh, cathedral in Galicia, and Father Andre did it by himself. Um, this wow. um, this um, excuse me this summer he went from uh, June 25th to July the 20th he actually finished four days earlier than he anticipated of course you say by yourself but you never really by yourself when you're on the Camino he, he gained a lot of new friends and people befriended him and vice versa and you know um, you got to stay somewhere every night so he met a lot of great people but anyway this is a great first person article or, or guest column on what it's like to do the Camino. I know a bunch of people who have done it. I would love to do it myself mm -hmm. one day, and perhaps people are listening who, who are maybe inspired to do it one day. Read the article, page 18 in the December issue of the Bicali, and Father Andre takes you straight through it. It's a great, great story. It's amazing. Uh, can't wait to read that article. And also this one as well, 227 couples honored at the annual diocesan wedding anniversary celebration. I love hearing about these. Yeah, we, you and I talk about this every year at this time. It's always mm -hmm. usually in this issue of the magazine where we, we obviously list all the 227 couples. And we start with the 25th anniversary and then we jump to 40th and then the 50th and 60th, and then everything beyond 60. So all of those couples in the church parishes that they belong to are listed in the uh, article. But, of course, we do this every year. Which couple did we honor has been <laughs> married the longest? And the answer is 80 years. 80, no. 80 years. And it's what? Joseph and Erlene Toops. And they're from St. Charles Borromeo uh, Parish, which is in the St. Charles community uh, near Thibodeau, but 80 years, Joseph and Erlene Toops. Isn't that awesome? That's incredible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of 80 years. I've heard of yeah. 75. That's amazing. I remember you reacting they... last year, Gabby, when I told you that couple had hit 79, and now this year we get to say 80. Yeah. Are awesome. they both over 100? That's incredible. I don't know. I think they're around that age, Damien. That is a good question. I don't know that answer, but, man, they are still here in kitchen. You've got to love it. Man, I, I want to get the, their notes or books or whatever <laughs> they've written on, because <laughs> I need to hurry up. I, I'm, 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 I'm not even going to make 80 years of life. And, I, and, and so um, yeah. my wow. wife might want it that way, too, for that matter, though. So <laughs> I'll leave it at that. It's amazing the things guests on the show learn now that it's Catholic community media. Oh, man, congratulations, yeah. by the way. Let me throw that in real quick. I, I'm glad I got yes. to hear that right before I came on the air. 
<laughs> oh my god thank you so much lonnie i love hearing about this yeah. one and definitely we'll be reading more like damien said we gotta know that that yeah. secret that they have it's just always so interesting every couple is different so i yeah. love that story and this one too you have an interesting one about three local retired priests what's their story yeah this is awesome and two of them are brothers it's uh it's three three gentlemen who all met each other when they were in the seminary together in the late 40s, okay, late 40s. Oh. A couple of them were, were uh, ordained together, I believe, in 54. The other one was ordained in 55. Two of them were brothers. Uh, Father Jules Brunet, who's now 92, who served most of the time in, in Baton Rouge. Monsignor Fred Brunet, his brother, who's now 88, served here in Homa Thibodeau, including, and you never hear this anymore, Gabby, he served 42 years at one church, at one church, what? at St. Joseph in Chauvin, because we all know it doesn't work that way anymore, <laughs> but 42 years in one church, and then their friend, Monsignor Alan Roy, who served both in Baton Rouge and the Archdiocese in New Orleans, is now 93. The point being is the three of them just recently had a reunion. The three of them had not been together in, in a number of years and just recently got together. And there's a great picture of the three of them together and a great uh, story written by our former editor of the Body Catholic, Louis Aguirre, who happened to be present for the reunion. So it's a great, heartwarming story at this time of the year about these three great friends who all served as priests. All of them served for at least 50 years before all retired. That's amazing. So it's a great, great story. Oh my goodness. That is absolutely incredible. So many amazing stories. Real quick, Lonnie, unfortunately, we are out of sure. time, but you also have your annual sure. listing of all diocesan Christmas masses, confession times, it's so important, and Advent retreats. Right. So maybe we can uh, uh, put one in our calendar before we head into sure. the Christmas season. But uh, Lonnie Thibodeau, Director of Public Relations and Communications for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau, where can we go to read more stories like these and so much more on the Bayou Catholic Magazine? Sure. Sure, htdiocese.org. Just click on the Bayou Catholic box, or you can go directly to bayoucatholic.org, and you'll see the December issue. Merry Christmas to all of you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Lonnie. We will talk to you in 2023. Have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you. All right. Alan Miglio. Did I get that right? 2020? Yes, yes, I did. I okay, like, Alan Miglio. So, so surprised to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Alan joins us when we come back from the break. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Good morning. It's 35 minutes after the hour. You're listening to Catholic Community Radio, wishing you a blessed second week of Advent this week. We are joined this morning by Alan Migliorato, as we are every Monday morning. He is the author of The Manly Art of Raising a Daughter and co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning, y'all. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Great, great. You got your second candle lit on your Advent wreath, right? I do. Excellent, excellent. Well, Alan, I love your topic this morning. We're talking about what it means to be actively engaged in our faith. Yes, and and this is one of the one of the topics or one of the the, the things that come up when I speak with parents a lot is you know well we we go to church you know and and we're do you know we go to church every week and that's awesome and I'm like. Well, you know, like sitting in a church doesn't make you 
engaged in your faith, just like sitting in your garage does not turn you into a car. Like we have to go and, and actively do things in our faith that keep us involved in ministering and serving others. So it's great. Like, yes, it's not like it's not good enough. Like I'm, I'm not saying that you're not good at doing enough if you're going to church. That's awesome. But where are you bringing Christ into your week? Like, how are we serving others? How are we doing this every day? Instead of making, you know, uh, Jesus a task that we have to accomplish mm-hmm. once a week and a, and a box that we check off to move on to the next task, uh, where is he on Monday? Like, where is he right now? Is he on the shelf at church that you left yesterday or, and you're waiting to see him again next Sunday? Or are you finding ways to, to pray, to serve others, to, to reach out to that person who might be alone this time of year? Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and I'm talking to parents and to teenagers um, uh, about this topic quite often, and it's one of those things that we really need to kind of do a self-inventory, you know, like examine ourselves and say, what, what am I doing? You know, am I, am I just showing up? Am I a fan of Jesus or am I, am I a follower? And, and that there's a big difference there. Yes, yes, you're right. You know, our pastor uh, reminds us frequently that the last lines of the Mass are go, right? This is what you're supposed to do. And, and there's an action when you leave Mass. Same thing uh, when you leave the Sacrament of Reconciliation. You're, you're told to go and sin no more. There's that action that you're supposed to do. It's not leave and leave everything here. We, we, we should leave all of our troubles and our prayers right at the feet of the Lord. Uh, but, but we need to go and make a difference in our communities. And there's so many great ways to do that this time of year, especially you know, volunteering uh, with your with your kids once a week, going to like a homeless shelter or even like a food pantry and just helping organize. You don't have to be in the spotlight to help out. And you don't have to do something massive. Um, you know, like a, an elderly neighbor who really doesn't have anybody this time of year, find ways to, to reach out, bring them dinner, make soup yes. and say, hey, we had some soup left over, you know, we were thinking about you. Or even better, we made some soup for you intentionally right. <laughs> to, you know, to just uh, say thanks for being such a great neighbor. Yes. And, and that will shock people sometimes. They're like, what do you mean? Like, we never talk. And it's like, well, maybe we should start, you know, like I just yes. wanted to say thank you and, and Merry Christmas. Yeah. And that's a great way. That's a, that's a way to bring Christ to others without hitting them with the catechism. Right, right. You know, Alan, we here at Catholic Radio, Catholic Community Media are blessed to work with people who share our faith, and we talk about our faith all the time, all day throughout our day. But for people who don't work in this kind of environment, which can you suggest, and I think this would be the same for kids in school um, who are not in faith-based schools or who are in faith-based schools, how can they still bring that light of Christ even if they're not in a Christ-centered work environment or school environment? So you're saying like this kind of gives us a safety net of, of talking with those who aren't going <laughs> to judge us for being Christians, Exactly, right? so, that's what my, I'm saying. My, well, my response would be that God doesn't ask us to stay in safety all the time. He asks us to pick up our cross and climb the hill. That's right. So, like, that's not an easy task, right? Yes. So, especially in, in uh, you know, lay environments, yes, we need to learn how to not be afraid to talk about Jesus and not be afraid to lose our jobs to say, hey, Merry Christmas, or God bless mm-hmm. you. I hope you have a wonderful season with your family and and, uh, you know, I hope that you find Christ this year with your family. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never afraid to say that. And whether or not I'm, I'm surrounded by 
by pastors and bishops and, and other deacons and, and, you know, and ministry people. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm around them or if I'm at the grocery store or, you know, I will always say, like, I get in religious conversations and faith conversations. I can't even tell you, like, daily. And it's just because I'll say, hey, God bless you. And people will turn around and go, really? Like, you're not afraid to talk about God? Mm-hmm. Not really. Like, what's going to happen? You know, what's, yes. what could possibly happen to me? What could you do that God can't fix? Like, no, I'm not afraid to talk about God. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it takes courage, you know, and then mm-hmm. we're asked to be bold in our faith and have courage and don't worry about it. And that's easy to say, for, and it's hard to do for some people, but you just got to get out of your own way and be intentional about, about speaking about your faith. Not, not putting a sticker on your bumper that's a fish and saying, okay, I did it. But, you know, like talking, having conversations with people and really listening. When you say, how are you? Actually listen yes. to how the person is. Or if somebody asks you, say, well, do you want to know? <laughs> or is it just like a greeting? <laughs> do you really want to know? We had a pastor years ago. I always loved his answer whenever you'd say, how are you doing, Father Jim? He, his reply was always blessed. And I love that. Always not, well, you know, coming here this morning was a challenge or whatever. Always blessed. Yeah, well, he always found rash, something you know, to yeah. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So so being engaged in our faith, not only uh, being in the pew on Sundays or, or hopefully some days during the week, um, what about being active in our parishes, Alan? I think that's such a great way. You know, inside the walls of the parish, especially for someone who's kind of, uh, like you were saying, worried about that safety net, that's a good way to start, you know, mm-hmm. to, to proclaim to other, other believers, like it, it builds confidence a lot of times for people who are a little insecure about speaking about their faith to others who might judge them for it. Uh, and then you can build up the confidence into going out into the world and proclaiming into the mission fields, as our pastor says, you know, yes. before we send you out into the mission fields, here's a few, a few announcements, you know, and now go proclaim the, the word of God with your lives uh-huh. in, their, in your actions is what he'll always say. So yeah, that's a great way. Get involved somewhere with, with ministry at your church, and find there's got to be a ministry either at your church or in another church that you click with, right? And that right. might be like youth ministry I clicked with, but there's also prison ministry. There's, you know, um, bringing or driving the, the uh, elderly around. I forget that's called the Keeping Independent Seniors mm-hmm. Mobile or Kiss Them or something. They, they name it all different things. But find right. a ministry at your church and ask. Ask for ways to get involved. Right. You know, Alan, I think uh, we had a pastor years ago who used to talk about uh, sitting in your pew neighborhood. You know, we tend to uh, gravitate to the same pew every Sunday. Uh, But sometimes there are people, especially this time during Advent, I noticed a lot of uh, different people in church. We we go to Mass where RCAA, some folks were were confirmed yesterday, so there are different people in the pews. But to be... uh, even to bring Christ to the people sitting next to you, uh, the person with the little baby that starts to cry. You know, we were those parents one time, and you're so afraid to sit next to somebody that'll give you that dirty look because you bring a baby into church. But just, I, I think, just being Christ to people that you don't know, you don't know their story in the pew, right? And uh, and just yeah. to, uh, to share a smile, to share a welcome uh, with the folks that are there worshiping with you is important too. Oh, it really is. And I like, you know, what you said about sitting in the same spot. Like, I, everybody kind of does that, you know. And, and uh, when I was reading one, and I remember this, past, this priest, one of my favorite priests ever, but I, I was sitting down in front. I normally sit, like, toward the back, and, um, and I don't want to be, in, you know, in the spotlight all the time. And, and I was reading, so I was sitting down in front, and he <laughs> said, Good morning, everyone. Uh, you know, the Lord be with you. And everyone said, I'm with your spirit. And he goes, and I'm kind of thrown off. I'm not sure why Alan is sitting down front. <laughs> I'm just like, please don't, 
don't point me out. Just go along with the math. Like, <laughs> I have to read. Leave me alone. That's right. That's right. I love it. Oh, gosh. Hey, Alan, tell our listeners where they can find out about you and your wonderful ministry. Check out AdventureCatholic.com, or you can find me on Facebook at Adventure Catholic. Excellent. Alan Migliorato, always a pleasure to visit with you. We look forward to talking to you next Monday. You too, guys. God bless you. Have Thank a great you. week. God bless you. Hey, stick around. Father Todd Lloyd, pastor of Most Blessed Sacrament in Baton Rouge, is joining Damien and I right here in the Baton Rouge studio, and he'll tell us his vocation story and what's going on at Most Blessed Sacrament. Stick around. It's 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. Happy Monday morning, everyone. 12 before the top of the hour, Damian Collado, Gabby Smith, and Alicia Quivito. And with us in studio, Father Todd Lloyd, pastor at Most Blessed Sacrament in Baton Rouge, here to talk about his vocation story. And happy Advent, Father. Happy Advent. Good morning. Yes. Glad to have Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, you're a regular every now and then. I say every now and then yeah, because yeah. we've got some guests who are on every month. Right. We'd love to have you every month. And if you're open to it, we could talk about it. I'm in, the, I, I, I'm in the neighborhood now. That's know, right. So it could be a possibility. It makes it easy. Yeah. A little absolutely. easier for you. Absolutely. So speaking of being in the neighborhood, being at Most Blessed Sacrament, uh, tell us, we'll, we'll kind of go backwards, but uh, sure. tell us what's going on at the church parish, and then we'll get into yeah. your vocation well, you, story. You know it's Advent, so we have um, all the preparation for Christmas going on right now. Um, we have an Advent pendant service coming up the week of Christmas um, on the 20th, that Tuesday. Um, something that we have every month in our parish is adoration um, at 7 p.m. We have perpetual adoration, but we also have um, a community adoration and praise and worship music. And so while praise and worship music um, with some intermediate silence in between the songs um, are sung, um, we're going to be hearing confession for this year, uh, for this week, uh, this month's adoration. So um, that's every fourth Tuesday, and so that's the 20th. And uh, we'll be doing our Advent reconciliation at the same time. Um, so that's something big I wanted to, to plug, make sure people sure. know they can come in here, confession, uh, go to confession before Christmas. Um, we also have a lot of other things going. We were just talking off air before uh, that we have That Man Is You started up at our parish. And so every Friday morning, you know, those guys get up early, early, early <laughs> and have breakfast at uh, 530 they start, which is pretty early for me. Um, and they have breakfast and, and That Man Is You sessions on Friday mornings. Um, we have a Bible study, a men's Bible study happens every Tuesday morning. Um, we have a lot of great things going on. We have Acts, that's the Acts Retreat. We just had a women's Acts Retreat this past weekend. Um, so we have some pretty awesome things happen around the parish, a lot yeah. of activity. And we're building two new buildings, as y'all know. Really? We just yes. uh, just started the groundbreaking a few weeks ago, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not like y'all haven't been building to begin with. Yeah, that's true. Y'all just haven't stopped. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's true. There's been a little break since the new church, and now right. we're getting started again. Yeah. What are you building real quick? So a parish hall and a multi-purpose building at the school. So wow. two buildings at the same time. Yeah. That's well, good awesome. for you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, okay, so with that, uh -huh. vocation story. Sure. We always so share with us first of all <laughs> your background. Did you grow up here in Baton Rouge? From Baton Rouge into St. Thomas More, uh, where Father Michael Alello is, and um, 
was uh, grew up there and uh, went to school there. Uh, Father Carville and Father Martin were the um, my, the priests. Father Carville was the pastor. Father Martin was the the parochial vicar. And for the uh, that they're the first priest I have memory of in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them, and they were there for quite a while into my high school years. Um, and then uh, Father Mike Maroney and then Father Tom Dewey oh, uh, were the priests that I had. So yeah. some great priests, great priests, um, good examples of priesthood and of of service to the you know to their people, um, love for the people. Um, and so those uh, you know early examples are important. And then um, also just that that great gift of growing up in a Catholic family too. My parents, uh, my dad's a convert. Um, he was Southern Baptist and became a Catholic when I was in uh, freshman in high school. And um, and my mom was is a born and raised cradle Catholic, very very Catholic lady. Uh, and um, and I uh, but I have to say though, um, as important as growing up and being raised by a very Catholic woman and my mom, it was my dad's conversion that had a big effect on me. I um, bet. And his first Holy Communion, you know, I, like I remember his first Holy Communion. Yeah. Um, I was a freshman in high school, you know? And so that was a special event, um, getting up for the first time, going at Easter, going to receive communion, which I had been doing for years. And for the first time in my life, my dad stood up with me, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and he received Holy Communion for the first time. So that was an incredibly important event because at that moment is where I, it made a lot more sense to me. Things clicked that I now this religion was something that someone close to me was doing intentionally, you know, mm-hmm. purposefully, yes. <laughs> like, because yeah. he made the decision. It wasn't that he was raised this way, you know. Yeah. Kind um, of an eye-opening yeah, absolutely. situation. Where, absolutely. Wait, what does he see that I may not be seeing? <laughs> right, right. And um, and then, uh, you know, thanks be to God, my dad um, was pretty emotional. Uh, I don't, he, uh, I don't want to. Uh, loud cap him and you talk about him crying uh, on radio but he got emotional receiving his first holy communion you know and um and you know i could see that this was something more special than i had realized before Mm. um and then um on top of that he started doing adoration he became a committed adorer at at the parish that we had perpetual adoration at st thomas more and he became a committed adorer, and so occasionally I would go with him to adore Jesus. And so here's my Southern Baptist dad <laughs> going to adoration, the Blessed yeah. Sacrament. Um, and so uh, that that uh, more than anything, I think, affected my you know just um, intentionalness about the about choosing to live as a Catholic, and particularly Eucharistic devotion. Yeah, um, which uh, played a lot of, into the role of my desire ultimately to love and serve Christ in the Eucharist um, and I, my deep interest in the faith of the church and um, desiring to be able to explain the faith to people because um, after I left St. Thomas More, I went to Broadmoor and um, and at Broadmoor High School, public high school, I got to know a lot of people who were not Catholic mm-hmm. and didn't share the same faith as me. And so that led to a lot of great conversations and opportunities for me to go and find the answers. So turning to the catechism just so I could figure out how to answer questions, you know, and so falling in love with the the rationale of the faith, um, the reasonableness of the faith, and then and my dad's devotion to the Eucharist, those two things coupled together um, caused me to have a real desire and longing to serve the church. You know? did, did you go into the seminary right out of high school or when went I to go, LSU for a little while? When I graduated uh, Broadmoor, I went to the University of New Orleans for a ah. year to study communication arts without real certainty of what I was going to do. Um, but something in communication, media, journalism, who knows? I didn't really know. But um, I, in my first semester at UNO, 
I decided to go to the seminary. Okay. Um, and it was a pretty, log- um, in many ways, kind of a logical decision that I made. Um, going to the chapel uh, there on campus, the, the Newman Center on U- UNO's campus, um, and going to some of the, the lakefront area parishes in New Orleans and getting to know mm-hmm. those churches. Um, you know, very early recognized that I liked being at church uh, better than I did being at on campus, you know, and, um, and so that was something I noticed pretty, pretty soon about myself, but also, um, this was in 2002, which was a hard time for the church, um, during crisis and scandal. And so, um, I made also just noticed the church needs priests and needs good priests. And so, um, in prayer, it became pretty evident to me that that's what Jesus wanted um, that Jesus needs and wants men to be priests for his church. And, and I thought, I think I can do that. I'll give it a try. Yeah. Well, you, so I went to we're happy you did. Uh, we're about yeah. ready to wrap yeah. up. Yeah. But what year were you ordained? 2011 with Father, 20. me and Father Brent Mayer. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. you started which church parish was that? Christ the King was my first at LSU. Wow. Okay. And then eventually you were at Immaculate Conception Immaculate, for a while. Uh, we're into Mercy, then Immaculate Conception as a pastor for nine years in Lakeland. And then now here at MBS. You still seem so young. Yeah, you know, yeah, all not, things, not all things are relative, but, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah, but I mean, really, it's uh, it's like yeah. you just got out of the seminary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you got yeah, that look about years. you. That's great. That's why you got the the, the beard. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, to give you a little age. age but, yeah. but, well, I hate to say that we already yeah. out of time. Yeah, I know, yeah. But please leave us with a prayer Absolutely. and a blessing if Absolutely. we can. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, we thank you in the season of Advent for the great gift of your son, Jesus, our Emmanuel. We pray that you help us to prepare the way for him into our hearts and our lives so that in receiving him, we may bring him into the lives of others. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father Todd Lloyd, pastor of Most Blessed Sacrament in Baton Rouge. And uh, great story. Thank you. You know, it, you. It, 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 it was your dad inspired you more than anything else. Yeah. And, and it stuck with you. That's yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. Gabby? Yeah, great. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Cindy Self joins us with Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese to talk about Adopt a Family for the Holidays. Priscilla Smith-McCaffrey talks about her book, Christmas Blossom. Michael Acala with St. Vincent de Paul joins us. And Dr. Tom Ryan from Loyola University in New Orleans talks about their annual men's rosary prayer group. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.